in a world driven by selfies and social media, where empathy and entrepreneurs are considered contradictory. One podcast has set out to put empathy back in the boardroom by hearing from the best entrepreneurs around the world. Empathize It will hear from the leaders of the digital economy and learn how the soft skills drive their business. This is the Empathize It podcast. So good afternoon, Vince. How are you? Great, Mordecai. How are you doing? Great. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time on a Sunday. I know it's uh, for most people outside of Israel, Sundays are, is not a regular work week, a work day. So it's uh, I appreciate the time. But uh, awesome. So well, we connected a couple of uh, months ago over Facebook and about conversations about influencer marketing and things like that. And so that will probably be the com- main part of our conversation. But um, since we're getting to know everyone on the podcast a little bit better before we really get, get deep into the conversation. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself and how you got started in, in social media? Oh man. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about it. No, I, um, I originally, I started out more in the, um, like TV and radio side, uh, of, I, I grew up wanting to do sports, sports broadcasting, got big into like sports talk radio and, and ESPN. And I was, I was, I knew I was going to do that for a living. And then it, I did some internships and uh, realized that I wasn't, I was going to have to go and work at some small town, little places. And not that I was against that, but um, it just wasn't at the time it wasn't going to work out. So I ended up into the advertising side uh, locally back home in uh, Rhode Island on the East coast. That's where I'm from. And uh, ended up moving out here to, sunny arizona back in 05 it's not so so sunny right now it's hard (laughs) as snowing yeah you know what we we had we've had uh look snow happens here just not in the valley so much in the valley area where phoenix is it's it's not really common but you know you go like an hour or two north and um it's the mountains and they get snow in the winter time but but no, we've had a ton of snow over the last few days. Yesterday and today have been pretty nice. Back in the 50s, sunny. So, but the, it's really cool to see the mountains all covered with, with snow uh, in the distance. So, but yeah, I moved out here back in 05. Uh, worked for some different um, media outlets like the, the newspaper here. Uh, the, also their website sold advertising. And the way I got into social was sort of, weird because back in about 2010 I was an advertising sales rep with my own territory um in Phoenix and it was not the high time for these small businesses to be buying advertising that was the thing that they cut first when they were in the recession right so I was trying to and I would I found this thing called Yelp and I was like, you know what? I don't think these business owners know that people are going online and reviewing them. <laughs> they don't know what's happening. So I, I would I would print out print out the, the reviews and bring them to the restaurants and and show them to them and be like, you know, we can we can address some of the things that people are talking about here. Uh, we can, you know, work on community building. Uh, we can, you know, even directly maybe through like certain sales or offers or something, we can utilize these, these reviews and it's just more knowing more for the business was always better. Right. I mean, that's, right. we all know that now, of course, but, but back then it, you'd be surprised, you know, the businesses were like, 
oh, I don't want to have anything to do with that. The, the craziest thing I used to hear was these business owners that would say, oh, well, I don't have the computer. I don't have the internet. So I don't care about what people are saying online. And that was just always, it always blew my mind because that was someone that, okay, well, we're not going to get through with this person. This person just doesn't get it right now. Um, so then that led to, I, I worked at, um, uh, Facebook has had and still has a program here in Phoenix for small business solutions. And I was there for a year and that's led to some other, other gigs and, um, full-time, full-time positions. And now I'm at Arizona state university, uh, with, uh, running social media on the research side of the, of the school. That's awesome. So you're doing a lot of cool things because basically you kind of did it mostly for the small business side, which is really uh, a fun place to work with, especially because they, they don't necessarily have the time or the resources to really work on social, both for the, you know, ongoing kind of engagement with their fans, but also they just, they don't necessarily want to spend the money on it because they don't see the ROI on it right away. Of course, everyone says, you know, there's ROI for everyone for social, but we'll put that aside. Um, <laughs> so when you say, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> But but when you when you're say when you say working from the for Arizona State and I'm happen to know the Arizona State uh, I know that I like I mentioned to you a couple of times uh, yep, I have yep. some co some colleagues a friend of mine was the actually the long snapper for Arizona State um, and he uh, and so when you're saying the research side what does that mean in terms of social media what is how does that work out yeah so we we have the the school that you could you could kind of divide. Um, a lot of universities you can divide this way into two, two sides. Like there's the main university side, and then there's sort of the research side, uh, which is the the scientific research or, or I mean whatever research is happening. Um, ASU highly encourages and supports um, faculty, um, staff, students to be involved with research. We're we're a very big research institution. Um, it's actually the the fastest growing. Um, we hit the 600 million mark this year in research expenditures, which is enormous, for, for, especially for a school that doesn't have a medical school. It's humongous. Um, so on the research side, it's, it's anything having to do with research. I mean, we, we have, we have uh, professors that are, that are doing um, research with, with, with dogs, with space, with cybersecurity, with pretty much any, any area, you, you name it. And my job, uh, since I started there last April, coming up on a year, uh, my job is to help highlight what's going on on the research side of the university. So I don't run, I mean, there's so many accounts uh, having to do with social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. You, um, so many departments, so many schools, so many accounts for each of those. I don't run all of those, thankfully. <laughs> uh, I could never do all that, right? Uh, there's a few that I, that I manage and my team manages ourselves. Um, and then what we do a lot of times is, is work with um, all those others that they run it themselves in one way or another. And we help them with the strategy and the planning and, um, you know, just the, the content planning, content calendars, things like that. So you're, you're basically doing is taking all the people, all the professors, my, my, most of my family are professors and researchers. So professors, researchers are helping them kind of shine on looking good online. Basically, either whether you're not managing their accounts, but really from the university side of saying is all the cutting edge things that you're doing in terms of research uh, developments, new things that you're working on, all those kind of things. 
Right. Yeah. And it's, it's honestly, it's, it's even more so with the, with the departments and schools within the, the institution themselves. So um, anything that falls under research, we, we try to highlight and, and help them. Um, you know, will the accounts like the big account that I, that I manage is and our team manages is ASU research. So like at ASU research on Twitter, um, we'll retweet a lot of stuff from coming from the other departments and schools, and even, even the main university, we, we all collaborate and, and help each other out. Cool. So that, that so that, so, so, and I'm sure that there are many platforms that your department kind of, or the team that you work with is responsible for, which are the ones that you mostly focus on? I would imagine Twitter, like you mentioned, Facebook. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Like Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, I'm say the, the big four primarily. Cool. Okay, cool. And so, Snapchat geo filters or something. Really? You're doing Snapchat for, for research? For, well, we'll do, yeah. Cause we're trying to raise awareness. I, I mean, my thing is we think of research as among, it's almost like the B2B version right. of at the university. Right. Um, but who, who ends up as alumni as donating back right. to the school? It's, it's students current students so one of our audiences not the primary audience but one of our audiences i i will always argue is should be our students and making them aware and using them as as our brand ambassadors absolutely um, talk about the the school and all the great things that are happening there yeah for sure awesome i used to work with the school in terms not with the social but mostly like on the marketing and media side so i know the feeling i was like it was always hard to get them to understand the value of social media especially i guess it was in the early days of social and a lot of educational institutions are always concerned, but I always said is your audience right now is, you know, right now the current students may not be able to give, but in about five years from now, and you're wanna create that relationship with them, creating that relationship now allows them later on in five years to st still feel connected. And so social is that chance for you to stay connected and then they feel comfortable to be part of that community later on. And so the alumni is usually the place where most universities, at least even in the larger ones, I found that they are very much lacking that ability to stay you know connected yeah we, i mean that's i i think that's that's a big deal i mean we certainly for research the donations and, and funding and, and research funding doesn't necessarily come all from alumni um for sure but but that's one place where we yeah i mean the whole rising tide lifts all boats i think that always applies with with these with these platforms and, and strategies um the more the more awareness the more people you can get on your side the better, the better it's going to be for everybody. And, and you do, and you divide it by the, the research that is it that you highlight all the alumni or you highlight any research that's going on, whether it's by professor, by, by department, by whatever it is, you just, it's, you, yeah, it's, um, so there's, there's just so much happening that um, it's more about talking about uh, what's happening, more what's happening now. And, and then we have in, at ASU, there's our own sort of news source. There's content coming out um, on the ASU news site constantly about all the stuff that's happening there, mm -hmm. um, whether it's research or entrepreneurship or really anything. So, excuse me. So a lot of that um, we'll get from there or just on Twitter, you know, I'm, I'm constantly monitoring it and, and looking to see, you know, who's, who's active, who's, who's pushing out good stuff. Um, talking about the research that they're doing. I mean, you know, we have, we have scientists that are involved and have been involved for years with, 
with NASA, with, with the Mars projects, the recent Opportunity rover that just finally they said goodbye to, basically, our, our researchers were, they, they were controlling the instruments on that thing for all these years. So it's, we have a heavily, heavy involvement in stuff like that, which is so cool when something like that is trending. The hashtag mm-hmm. thanks Oppie was trending right. and, and hashtag opportunity. And like so many of our, of our people were, were talking about it on not just Twitter, but, but Twitter was a big one. Um, they were tweeting about it using the hashtag and, and we had a great time just featuring, you know, retweeting and, and featuring everything that every, everyone was talking about. That's awesome. So it's really, it's, I mean, it's always interesting to see how, you know, a school or a university, which is like a, a very broad range of people, both the students, the professors, the departments, the school itself, all trying to share their information and making sure you're obviously monitoring how the students purchase, you know, engage with the university as well. Maybe you not directly, but maybe as part of the larger team of the social media team of the school. Do you ever work together as a big team, like with a big game coming up or some sort of big, you know, event coming up that, or let's say graduation or something like that, where you kind of like all hands on deck? Yeah. Um, I, I would say more so for those really, maybe not, not really the sports, um, but the definitely like uh, homecoming commencement, those, those big things. Uh, we actually just finished up yesterday was the fourth installment of uh for the month of February, every Saturday, there's been an event called Open Door, mm-hmm. and that's at the four main at the four big campuses: main here in Tempe, um, Polytechnic, the West Campus, and downtown Phoenix. There was an Open Door event at each one, where the whole entire campus was open, and there was events and all kinds of family fun stuff, science science related and and otherwise. Um, we went to a couple of, I took my five-year-old, she loved it. She had a blast, but that was like a more of a university and, and very heavily research focused science focused event. Um, so that is something that we typically would collaborate on, but yeah, those bigger things like a commencement um, homecoming type thing is, is big. Awesome. And when you, and you, when you, with these kind of events, I'm guessing were more like to encourage the community to come and come out and see what the impact and how much the contribution of the school is to the, general community right you're inviting them to not only it's not only part students to come out on a sunday it's rather the families the, the people around the, the the community is that right oh absolutely it was totally open to anyone free event everybody could come out student alumni non-alumni community anyone um was there i mean there were there were really like a lot of people especially between all four events i mean thousands of people um and yesterday was it was on the main campus in Tempe and, and that was huge. Awesome. So let's, let's move on from that. You're also part of the social media um, club. Social media, what is it? Social media. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Social media club, Phoenix, Phoenix uh, back okay. in 2015, I, I believe it was. I, I, th- that's existed here for a while. Um, it was actually the first one of the, the quote unquote chapters to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, it was founded, founded here in Phoenix. Um, by uh a, there was a maybe four or five people that that founded it including uh jeff moriarty francine hardaway um jay bear oh, was sure. also in the um in the original group there and um it, it's gone through some iterations uh-huh. so they and mostly because it's just all a volunteer-led effort right anything right. like that is, is tough because people have their time comes and goes or their their effort kind of wanes um, just stuff happens, life happens. So over the years, since, since, uh, it was established, 
and we're talking about like 10 years ago about right. it was you know over a decade um there's been some different iterations and a couple of years back back in 2012 i found it right and i i went to some meetings and i was like oh this is really cool you know they had some people come and we would, we would talk about what's happening um trends and, and platform updates and all that type of stuff then we'd have someone they'd have someone speak um usually someone local that was doing social media work for the for someone in the community and it was really cool and then just you know again the same thing sort of happened as time went on um the group that was running it it kind of died off and i'd always thought to myself you know it, it could be even i think it could be even bigger i think that the the time is right and the community is here especially here in, in the phoenix area where it could be bigger and so in like 2015 i sort of took up the mantle and became president of it um but for better or worse it was really just because it was my idea to hey let's bring it back <laughs> okay you know whatever, whatever was, i didn't win an election or anything like that yeah. it was, <laughs> <laughs> um it was and i and i got some friends that were also colleagues in the community and and it was like hey you know do you want to help me with this and we can you can be this role you can be this role and so we we started running it again um and then the last couple of years um I've I've used it to be the basically the the host, if you will, for Social Media Day, Phoenix, um, awesome. every, which is June 30th every year. So last awesome. two years, yeah, we've had we have had a good event, um, speakers and sessions and all that type of thing. And then this year we're we're planning something a lot different. Um, assuming it's it's happening, um, I'm working on it. We're working okay. on it. <laughs> all right. Well, I can't wait to hear more about that. I'm sure there's a reason why we're being vague, but we'll. Uh, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just don't want to make any promises yet because it's still all up in the air. All right. Well, we'll wait for that one uh, for a little bit later. We'll get a follow up on that. Um, yeah. So, when we, we in the last couple of weeks, you and I have been kind of like ping ponging about you know influencer marketing things that are yes. going on in the trends, um, and just things that we've noticed about you know the community of people who work in the field of digital social and how they're, you know, how people are kind of taking certain steps and doing certain things that maybe you and I may not agree on for, for some positive or, you know, some things are, we do agree on some things that we don't agree with. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? What's going on now? Cause obviously influencer marketing is clearly a, is moving. It's, it's a trend. It's trajectory is growing. Everyone's saying that is it's one of those things that 2018, 2019 clearly it's on that rise, even though it's, one of the oldest, you know, you know, marketing methods of, in the book. But right. that being said, what what are your thoughts on it? What's going on? I, I, I recently sort of formulated a more of a, a take on this. I mm. think that that I'm I'm more willing to to um stick stick by at this point. Uh, I mean, so if if we're in if we all work in social media marketing, we we're influencers at some level. Right. Um, you know, we have followers on these channels for better or worse. Um, you have influence over, over somebody. Right. And it's, it's just a matter of whether or not you can monetize that. Now I can tell you in my case, I don't have a huge audience. I, it's okay. You know, it's right. as far as numbers go, but it's more about the quality. Um, right. I'm definitely, you know, more locally. I, I have an audience here locally that I, I sort of, um, uh, try to try to engage with on a really regular basis with the startup community here, not just social media, but startup entrepreneurial community, um, really active there. And, it, but for me, it's not, it's not really ever been a question of monetizing it, but I right. know for, obviously, as we've discussed, there's so much opportunity out there for, 
for people to, to make money on their audience, even if their audience isn't valid. Right. And, and that's what we're, we're all struggling with right now is these businesses, big brands, medium sized brands, small brands are, they're not doing their homework is part one. Part two is they may not know how to do the homework on these influencers. So they don't, with part one, with them not doing any homework, they're just looking at numbers. They're looking at vanity metrics, even just to the point of follower numbers, follower accounts. Right. And, and they're saying, okay, this person has a million followers. This per- person has a hundred thousand followers, whatever on Instagram. And so they post a lot about, um, you know, hustle or entrepreneurism or, or business and and to that end that's what our audience also is into so we're gonna we're gonna give this person um money or or compensation of of some sort to post about our business and and see what happens so and, you're, you're what you're saying yeah. is sorry, for a second but you're saying is basically is i mean i know what you're saying but i'm just kind of summarizing it you're yes. saying is that a lot of the times and this is not something that's only happened by you it happens on our side too here on, on the other side of the pond or 9,000 yep. miles away from you. Um, but it basically happens okay. the same thing as, we, we, you know, a lot of the times the, the higher ups in the world kind of say is, well, we don't care what, how many people of the 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 followers are real or are engaged. They just care, yep. um, you know, they just care that the number is there. So like, you know, if I, if I say is I'd rather get five people with 50,000 followers because they're the value and the engagement rate and the community that they have is very uh, interactive and they're strong and they, they understand every person versus the person who has a hundred thousand people or 200,000 people. And all of a sudden that 200,000 person, you know, that person with 200,000 people or followers puts up one post, maybe two, if you're lucky. And all of a sudden that's it. That's the end of the conversation. There's no more, you know, and the 50,000 person, uh, or, or maybe the 10,000 person will put up at least five, 10 pieces of content, whether it's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it may be. And they're sharing content that is really quality, not just one post of a picture or what them being at some place and saying is, Oh, I've been here, whatever it is, but something really quality and really interesting and their community really interacts with them. So I, I think it's like that. It's that, you know, the metrics look good on paper, but all of a sudden when you start looking at who and what's going on behind the scenes uh, or what, what's going on just beyond just that post, all of a sudden the brands are like, like you said, they're not doing their homework. They're not really there. Right. Yeah. That's, that's totally it. And, and then the second part of that is they, they may not know how, so they'll go and hire um, an, an agency, which we've seen the rise over the last few years of agencies that only do influencer marketing work. Right. Um, they, they have, they don't do anything else other than they, they bring in influencers and match them up to your, you know, what you, your intended, your intended goal or, or your business model is whatever. And, and to even, even at that level, I think right. people see that as more legit. And I, I can tell you just from experience, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's, it's better, but it's not always um, uh, what is needed. Like even they don't do a great job sometimes. They're well, not, well, because of some, like, some are better than others. Well, it's like influencer marketing uh, agencies are very much like, you know, like speaker agencies, you know, speaker bureaus, you know, you get a guy, he says, listen, I need someone who's going to speak about topic X, Y, or Z, or a woman who speaks about this topic, match them up because I, I know I have five people in my you know pool or 10 people in my pool and this person's available right now. So you're kind of playing, you know, you're playing right. Tetris with people and all of a sudden you have 
you're missing something where like, well, what are you really trying to get out of it? And so there's really lacking that, you know, understanding of yes, influencer marketing is important. Yes, the agency could help really bring some quality value to the brand. But at the same time, you're having this thing where they need to fill. They want to make sure that everyone in that pool of, of that agency is getting, is feeling like they're being, um, you know, being uh, utilized correctly. Otherwise, they're just, why should, I, why should I use your agency if I can use another one where I'm guaranteed some spots? Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's similar. The only difference I would say is that, you know, with the influencers, it's, there's then the next step of what happens as a result. You know, whereas with the speakers, it's something where, well, we're going to bring this person in and they if they're doing a workshop, great. Maybe they're going to teach some techniques that are going to result in in ROI or conversions of some sort. Um, but if it's, you know, if we're talking about like a speaker coming to, to speak at a conference or, or to a company, you know, does that, are they really expecting that to translate to more sales or more conversions? Maybe, maybe here and there, but for the most part, probably not. Um, but with these influencers, I mean, they're spending tons of money in some cases, really outrageous amounts for what, for the work that's being done on the influencer side, um, where they're just asking for one or two posts. And we're talking about, you know, a, a, a couple of posts on Instagram costing a hundred grand each or 50 oh, no. grand I'm, each. I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong business. Why am I just sitting right. time with me this? Too. Spending, <laughs> spending on time with you. I should be going. Yes. <laughs> Man, I can, I I mean, can retire the, after five posts. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, and, and, for me, it's, it's always also about the, the legitimacy of it. I mean, if I think there's very few, very few true influencers that can influence and know how to influence. So the, the, the ideal example of all of this has, has been for the last year or two, um, Kylie Jenner. Yes, I'm, th- I'm going there. Kylie Jenner has become nearly a billionaire with her makeup line because she's, she's monetized her audience and she didn't do it for someone else. She did it for herself. She did it for her makeup line. She had, she realized she had this audience and then, then she started with this makeup line and she didn't post about the makeup constantly either. And it was very organic where she would be on Snapchat. She would be on Instagram on stories, you know, showing, showing the makeup on her arm or showing it on her, on her face being applied or whatever. And it's like, of course she's, she's endorsing her products, but it's funny. Cause even in that case, I don't know how much, I mean, I didn't track it or anything, but how much did she follow the legal guidelines that are allegedly right. in place now of hashtag ad or hashtag SPON um, because it's her brand. Right. So, that's almost like a gray area of, well, it's her brand, but she's not getting paid by a brand to do this. Right. So is it, <laughs> is it a paid <laughs> ad? Well, she's making money from it, but it's, it's not quite the same. So, so there's something like that where it is, there's an authenticity there, but it's still not authentic. I mean, it's, it's for her to make money. Right. And I think with a lot of these influencers, most of the time it's, they're posting, it's very obvious that they're selling something, they're right. working for a brand. Um, and I don't know that that is always the best use case for right. sales of that sort. You know, I, I, I really like, I think a good use case is when they, like an event right. has, uses influencers that 
are either going to already be going to the event or it makes sense that they're at the event. They're very appropriate for that event. Right. Um, that's their wheelhouse that they hire them to go to the event and post like right. to me, that is, is a really good use and probably results in, in something of value during and after for both the brand and the audience, which is, which is even more important. Right. Yeah. That's like, you know, right now mobile world Congress is about to happen in about another, like today, tomorrow, the next couple of days I was in, I was honored privileged to have one event attended last year and that they bring like a group of people like 10, each company brings, you know, different companies bring 10, 15 tech bloggers, tech influencers, people in that space to kind of experience mobile world Congress from their side, from that brand, whatever the brand may be. And then they kind of let them, you know, share their content. Not only does the company, does the brand itself share content, but the person, the, the influencer, the person who's, you know, experiencing the mobile world Congress is sharing their content and saying is what unique to them about whether it's the Congress itself, whether it's the, 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 you know, the, the workshops, the, the sessions, whatever it is. And the idea is to, like you said, at an event, it makes sense. We do it in Jerusalem. We do it with the, with a lot of the big events we have with the marathon and things like that. We bring people who are runners and running bloggers or travel uh, history, um, sorry, fitness bloggers and things like that to kind of come and experience the, the marathon itself, write about it, etc. So there it makes sense and you're right. But then at the same time, on the flip side, and we've kind of spoken about it, we kind of get, we've gotten burned a couple of times here in the city. Uh, we've gotten burned a couple of times where you have these influencers come, people with legitimately over a million and some odd followers. Um, and they came and we did a collaboration with another ministry. And we told them, listen, they're going to be here for the perfect festival. It makes sense. It really makes Jerusalem look really good. We'd love to do this, that, and the other thing. And they're like, great, we'll do it. And then when it came down to it, we're like, okay, we'll meet you at this time. And I said, I'll meet you there. And we get down to it. And they're like, the, the influencers just didn't show up. Like one person out of the five influencers came wow they didn't show up like they just literally locked themselves in the hotel room and i was just like what are you guys doing like you know besides me like i'm not even like the main host of the thing the other guy said they the the main ministry that was hosting them said they locked themselves and the schedule was too you know was too much too much of a schedule too too packed which was a problem that we already kind of identified before they even came and then i said is okay so one person came and she said it it was just you know we never, they never really created a proper, you know, relationship. They just kind of said, okay, we're hosting them. They viewed it like a press trip as opposed to like a proper right, right. influencer trip. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, from then on, I said, okay, from now on, we're going to create like some sort of like memory of understanding between my ourselves and the, the, you know, the influencers, whether they're large influencers, mega influencers, minor ones, whatever it is. You know, someone just told me, Rachel Miller told me about some what's called the nano influencers. Yeah. They're like these mini ones. Um, so we kind of create like this letter where we kind of say, okay, we expect this, that, and the other thing. Um, every, anything above that would be a, a, a great or would be great, but nothing, you know, these are the expectations so that we, we all are on the same page. Have you ever experienced that kind of thing or not really yet? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I would say I'm personally more on the, the um, micro or nano influencer stage right. for sure. And, and I've, so with social media club, um, over the years we've we've been approached uh, about doing like local events uh, so a couple not even local but but working with a local company um, work, local bigger brands too to like post and take advantage of our local influence uh-huh. um, at events and and at like openings for new businesses things like that um, but we weren't 
So we weren't paid in the form of money. Right. We, were, we were compensated for, like, say it was a, a new restaurant opening, and right. they so have you, us invited to the soft opening. And have right. so like, you kind of, you kind of like a like a tweet up or something like that for the group of people. You you invite the social media club people, have a tweet up there, and kind of share that kind of thing, which is fine too. I think it's, I think it makes yeah. sense. I think that you know these are like blogger meetups and those kind of things are the best way to get something going off the ground. So. What is this? What is really like, you know, you kind of mentioned this idea that people, that companies and brands are really maybe not taking the, doing their research and doing their homework, whether it's they're hiring people to yeah. based on their following numbers or they're doing is they're, they're just using an agency of some sort of influencer marketing agency at the same time or as for another point. What, what do you think that should be the solution for them to really do it correctly? That's a great question. Um, I, I think, uh, whether this will actually happen or not, I doubt it. Um, but they, they should have whoever, whoever on the staff is, is um, doing this influencer marketing campaign. I mean, there's gotta be a level of, of research and investigation done into the potential people that they want to bring in. Um, that part, it's, it's not that hard. It just, it can be time consuming, but it's not difficult. Right. You know, you can go on people's, we do it all the time, right? Um, you can go on people's on on their accounts and and vanity metrics. While they're they're vanity metrics and can be negative, you can also use them to evaluate people. Right. And if if you're looking at someone that has sixty thousand followers on Twitter, and they put out tweets that get you know no engagement or one or two or or even honestly at that level even like ten ten right. likes or or a couple of retweets that's not good. <laughs> right that is that is not good and and this is not uh, let me let me preface this too by saying i i am not at that level right. i <laughs> i i get some engagement i get more engagement i think when, when you're talking to people directly and having these these twitter conversations right specifically on that platform um but i'm not trying to throw stones at people in that sense right. because i my i i truly self i also try to connect to people directly here and there but then a lot of it goes dms like i i have there's dm groups on twitter and instagram that i'm part of that are like um you know group dms uh in terms right. of industry people or or like you and i talk on facebook messenger right um there's there's places there's all these places that people can connect snapchat everything um so it's it's these are all just these channels are all just the vessels for where you can communicate with people and, and get that engagement however you get it. Now measuring it and reporting it and analyzing it is a whole different story. And that's what these companies need to have someone dedicated to doing, even if it's, if it's just for that event. Like if they're bringing influencers for the event, um, they need to have someone whose job it is to look at the influencers you wanna bring in, compile a big list to start with of right. potentials. And it, the list should be three parts there should be a level of the large influencers medium and small um and you don't you don't necessarily have to compensate them all the same the smaller influencers they'd be happy with a free ticket right you know or whatever it is or free access to a to a, one of the parties or something that they would normally get at the event right. um but but breaking it out like that really evaluating and then picking from that picking the um, and proposing like what you want to do with them after you evaluate it. That's, that's really what's needed. Now, realistically, is that going to happen? I, who knows? Maybe as things get, get further down the line, 
that can happen. But in general, that does not happen right now. Right. And so you, you know, you, you, you and I have been, have these conversations about, about influencer marketing and about these kind of things. And we've noticed that, you know, like we said before, some people are kind of taking advantage of it in whatever shape or form. And we've noticed the conversations that people are talking about it. Is it something that maybe, you know, this is something like, you know, we're kind of, we're, you and I, since we work in the field, we're nitpicking, or is it something that you, you think that people beyond us or people within this field, however wide you want to go, are, are noticing as well as they're saying is, where is, I mean, is this like another simple version of the question of like, where's the ROI kind of thing? Is it like, you know, right. are we, is that, is it the kind of same question or are we, is this a conversation that you think people beyond the professional marketers or digital marketers are asking as well? There. I don't think that there, most people are asking them, most companies or, or people like outside of the industry, even uh, to be honest, even within the industry, it's not being brought up enough. Um, right. Whether it's within, within people blogging about it or, or, or industry conferences, there's no, there's no real criticism interior, internally within the industry other than a few people here and there that happen to notice it. Um, some people that, I mean, there's, there's two approaches. Some people are like, you know what? I'm just worried about what I'm doing, what others are doing. I'm not, I'm not trying to ruin anyone else's business or um, I'm just doing my own thing. Great. That's, it's fine. Um, and then there's the other approach of, well, I, it, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me or, or I don't, I just, it, it could affect me if I say something about it. And I don't, I don't want to call people out for that. Right. And, and look like, like negative, you know? Right. And it's every other, every other thing that we have, every other industry, like that happens, right. <laughs> you right. know, whether it look at, I was thinking about this the other day. Think about, think about sports. Right. Right. Just take one sport, NBA, uh, the NBA there's constant criticism and praise of everything from players to GMs to teams to games to whatever. Right. No one, you don't really see people saying, Oh, they, they shouldn't, you shouldn't say that uh, because it's too negative or like there's, there's a criticism involved. You're a public figure. So I don't know what the, what the hesitation is. I don't get, I don't understand the hesitation to call people out and, and, or businesses or whatever to, to better the industry as a whole and, and all of us, because that whole thing, again, rising tide lifts all boats. If, if we're, if we're allowing these things to happen, that is hurting you. That is, it's hurting the small guy to the big guy. If, if the stuff is not validated and it's not, it's not true and real, these numbers and the engagement. And then, so stuff, here's an example. A company hires an influencer. Okay, great. They pay this person a ton of money to post a few times and then nothing really happens. Well, guess what? That brand is not going to hire an influencer again, likely. Right. And that ruins it. And ruins it. It, makes it, it makes the entire industry of influencer marketing, digital marketing, social, kind of every one of those big brands kind of question, puts it back into question saying is, why do we do this in the first place? Whoever came up with this idea must have been our, you know, you know, back to the same right. famous uh, statement of, oh, it was just an intern. Some guy suggested and we listened to him. And now look where we are back. Right. Because they already view it a certain way anyway. They, because right. they don't under, most people do not understand it. Most people do not understand it, which is why you still see job opportunities posted on job sites for um, a social media manager that also does WordPress, websites, um, digital, 
um, graphic design. Uh, <laughs> right. like, it's, Jack it's of all trades. Of <laughs> he's, right. also, like, he's also the which, plumber. <laughs> look, right, exactly. You, you should, it's great if you have all those skills, but, but you don't, don't hire a, uh, someone to do um, what? Be an analyst, a financial analyst, but also know how to do um, Canva. Right, like right. it's 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 crazy. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't ask that of other positions, but this one, and it's 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 there. I mean, it's again, it's better if you are. You can the more you can do, the better. But that's because these companies don't totally value what the social media side of it, which by the way, is basically the most public thing that your company does. Right, <laughs> is the right. public face of the company. That's mine, 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 right, not understand it. Minus PR, which is basically, you know, like the overlap of PR and social is clear, but minus yes. PR, digital, whatever digital channel you decide to be on, which is fine. It doesn't make a difference which one is the most public thing you do and it's a direct extension of your website. So if you're not using your digital skills or digital tools correctly, then you're basically, you're reflecting something. But maybe that's the reason why so many influencers are so nervous about calling other people, other colleagues out is because they're nervous that, you know, yes, they're going to call someone out and they're going to feel good about, you know, making a big point and making, you know, let's say go quote unquote viral uh, within the industry. But they're really doing is they're actually, they're putting, they're maybe raising a question that, you know, some of the people outside of their circle of influence or some people who might see this article say is, well, then what's the point? So maybe that's reason why they're not calling people out. But I, sure. I hear you. I, I happen to, I happen to agree. I think it's, it, it, yes, it's, I know it's, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's begging that it's begging this, like, you know, we got to stop, you know, letting people, uh, whoever they are, and wherever they may be from, like taking advantage of this idea of like, you know, I, I free rides, free, whatever the free, whatever it is. And, you know, and, and it's okay to get free things. No one's, no one's saying is, you know, no one's complaining that you get something free because of your influence and whatever it is. Right. Um, but be clear about it, be transparent about it, you know, show appreciation for it and, you know, don't take advantage of it completely. Cause we've all seen that too. Um, so what, what do you think we could, you know, as professionals, what do you think we could be doing to make sure that the our our colleagues are are you know are staying in check? Man, I I think I think the best thing is I, I don't think calling people out is the best thing. Uh, to be honest, like that is not my my goal with anything. Right. I'm not trying to put everybody else down. Right. Um, I think there are some egregious examples of people that do poorly and still get rewarded. Um, but that's, oh, I think, oh, there was a something. Hold on, I'm sorry to cut you off. There was yeah. just recently an article. Where was it? I just saw an article recently about. Oh, maybe it was what's his name? MBHKD. Is that the guy? What's his name? The you know the the tech reviewer on YouTube. Oh, um, Mark Markel Markel Brown. Yeah, yeah. So he wrote. He has a video. I mean, it's unbelievable. He did such a good job on the video. He basically he found he he did his research and he did a great job on it. Um, he basically does, he researched all these mega influencers, like, you know, stars, TV stars, movie influencers, whatever it is, that get paid by various companies to do, you know, promotions of their products, which is fine. Yep. And all of a yep. sudden they, they noticed, and he picked up on it because he did screenshots about it. He picked up on one of them was, um, uh, who was it? What's her name? Uh, Gal Gadot from Huawei. She gets paid by Huawei to do this. Oh, yeah. So she gets, um, she got paid to do, you know, promotion of her, of their products. And all of a sudden on the tweets, it says tweeted by iPhone, right? 
well, there, she's using, so that kind of thing. And he screened the shot it and they were like, everyone was saying is that's not possible. So he took a screenshot of it and he shared it. And everyone was just like, wow, this is insane. And then he basically did research on like 10 or 15 other influencers do the exact same thing. They obviously hire some sort of agency to do manage their social and you know, yep. whatever it is. And all of a sudden you're seeing like, you work with a, whatever phone company it is, whatever the tech is a cell phone company you work with. And all of a sudden that company is using, you know, the agency that you hired to do your, social monitor, you know, management is using a different platform, a different phone, a different company. And that doesn't look good. It doesn't reflect well on the brand. Nope. So that was exactly, I mean, just nope. making sure, I was just, uh, you know, staying in line with what <laughs> we were talking about here is that influencer thing. It doesn't only mean like the middle size influencers, which, you know, you and I may are more familiar with, but even the mega influencers get, make those mistakes and make those problems. And their contracts are much larger and much more fine tuned in terms of the relationship between them and the brands. So, so you were saying is we have to be, you know, like you said, we're not calling people out. It's not fair to do that because it's not always necessary to do that, but maybe we should be right. doing some sort of like, what sort of stuff should we be doing within our industry that's not calling people out to kind of make sure that the, the standards are higher. Yeah. I, I think, I think setting good examples, um, showing, showing the way with, with being, being the example that should be highlighted. The more of those that we have, I think the better that we all are off. I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's if, if instead of constantly hearing about all the negative press about influencer marketing and social and digital, if people were hearing more about the successes, you know, um, rather than fire festival and everything that the bad that happened oh, man, there. That was, that was just a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Why not the good? Like, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about something else that, that actually worked out and worked right. out really well for, for brands and things. So like, you know, I, I think I'll say a, a company like Zoomf. Yeah. Um, Zoomf does, they have a, a great blog and, and they, they tie in their social listening platform to a lot of their blog content. And for the man, I'm going to say the wrong award show. Maybe it was the Grammys, yeah. um, but there was the Fiji water girl, right? Remember that one? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> it was, well, here's what it was. Here's what it was. It was, it was uh, Fiji was sponsoring the red carpet. Right. And they had, and allegedly Fiji did not tell her to do this, but there was a, a young girl um, that was having a tray with a couple of Fiji water bottles on it that she basically photobombed every major celebrity's photo on the red carpet. Right. So, and all these- yeah, I, You gotta, you gotta, you gotta give her credit. You gotta, <laughs> give her, you gotta give her credit. I mean, she was creative. Yeah, well, well, look, Fiji's saying they didn't plan it, right? But she- Who like, cares? Or whoever. <laughs> well, no, it worked great. I mean, <laughs> hashtag Fiji water girl was trending, was like right. a big trend that night. It got written about, aside from them, but Zoom pulled it up and pulled up analytics and things. And it was just really interesting um, how that, how that turned out. That was a, a good, I would say that was a good example of how it can work. Yeah. I think, so I think highlighting those examples. Yeah. I think, I think, I think you're right. I mean, highlighting the successes and kind of showing whether it's direct relationship between the influence and the monet, you know, monetizing it, whether it means there's a yes. direct sales growth, maybe it's uh, I don't know, maybe there's some sort of exposure or engagement that's higher and you know, higher because of the, the campaign that you did and show, you know, show how often you, engage with these influencers what kind of relationship you have and really be clear about what the were you clear about the relationship so that you understand that the expectations were clear and those kind of things i think that's really the uh the key here 
but when, when there's, you know, this is like a lot of this, a lot of this stuff is where we kind of overlap between the soft skills and the, you know, the business skills is like business, businesses want to see that there's an ROI, but all of a sudden you have like these things where you're talking to people at the end of the day, these influencers, whether large, small, whatever the size they are, these people are just like, I just need to make money. Like, I just want to know that I'm you know getting paid and I want to know that there's some sort of uh, my business is growing as well. But I also right. need to know that, that we're, we're interacting as an, on a personal level, like, so, you know, one-to-one -one, you and, you know, if I'm engaging you as the influencer for whatever event it is, you know, we have a relationship and the expectations may not be clear. And all of a sudden that's not a business, that's not a business number thing. That's a personal thing. You know, that's like a, you know, a one-on-one -on -one interactive kind of thing. And so where do they, where do these two overlap? You know, because you have a company that's trying to you know grow their business and then you have this person who's in charge of influencer marketing or, whatever brand, you know, whatever you want to call it, brand uh, management or whatever it is. He's just trying to, inter he's just trying to bring the next, you know, he's trying to bring the influencer because in that looks good for him. But then when you have this, yeah. con you have this relationship with them and that relationship is good. And all of a sudden they're like, well, where, how do we bring this, you know, person and how does he connect to the business? How do we make that overlap? How do we put those two pieces together? What do you think? I, I think a good, I think a good, um, thing to do would be instead of right now kind of the typical from from everything i've seen um and if, if you've seen something that's that's different definitely let me know um okay. most the way it works for the most part is these companies will pay an influencer ahead of time Ooh, i don't like that they, they, i don't like that right they will <laughs> they will they will pay them before they'll say hey you know you have this they're paying them off of the potential and 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 again i think it comes back to just homework and also more education on on the brand side on who, who it's not going to be the ceo right. or, the, or the c level execs right it's going to be more the the director of marketing or the person doing the managing the campaign the social media person whatever that person needs to needs to be more educated maybe on okay here's what we're going to do <laughs> right. we're going to pay you even at, at 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 best it should be here's some up front and then based on the results if we hit these goals after as a result of what you've done then yes we will we will pay you the rest or we'll pay you commission like whatever it is based on the results that's right. that, that's where cuz influencers are sales people basically right i mean that's right. that's what it is so sales people work on generally a base plus commission if i think if if companies move towards if it was a general movement towards that type of a model um on a bigger basis because if most company if most agencies and companies are still paying influencers ahead of time and then there's a couple that aren't well guess what those they're not going to get influencers because the influencers can just go to the other one that's paying them all up front right so I, 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 i've never movement. i can tell you this we've never i mean this is the way the work that i've worked in is we never pay we never pay influencers and that could be that the reason why many some of the major influencers don't come where when we do work is the most of the influencers we do is we just host them we bring them you know we fly them in hotel you know accommodations the whole works whatever it is right that is the whole thing right. and so yes maybe the level of influencers are is maybe a quote-unquote a bit lower we've had some really strong ones where they're not but most of the time they're really happy because it's you know whether it's the city of jerusalem or israel in general they're happy to do it because they've never been there. It's exotic. It's something cool. It's something within their space, whatever it is. Yes. But, but we don't necessarily, we try very hard not to, which is that. fine, which That's is fine. Cool. Like that is totally, it's totally fine. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's also, it actually, to me, yep. um, it's, 
there is no, the expectation is a little bit different than when you're paying them whatever amount of thousands or hundred thousands of yes. dollars in advance. I like that idea of where you say, you know what, let's, you know, you want to write a blog post, here's a link, create some sort of link that says, you know, and, and you can track it, right? When you create a trackable link on a blog post. It's all or trackable. On, right. <laughs> whatever, right. Then it's trackable. You say, okay, great. You will pay you for your audience, which is X. And then X plus, you know, over the course of six months, we'll see how many people bought or came to our site or whatever the decided metric is. And then we can pay you a percentage of that, which is, you know, that, that's a, that makes sense. You know, you pay someone for their time, which is fine. And then you pay them for the, their sales generated or lead generated or results, whatever the yeah. results. And I think that makes more of a model that makes sense to me, at least. Again, I, I've never experienced it that way. I've seen people who have tried to share their... And know, I think their, there are these different... Yeah. There are these different levels, Mordecai, too, right? Like we always talk about, there's a different level. So someone like me, if you were flying me to, to oops, sorry, if you were flying me to uh, Jerusalem and put me up in a hotel and to go like post and blog about it, well, yeah, that is absolutely of crazy value to me, right? Um, because I I can't afford to go there right now, you know, like I, right. I, it's it's not in my wheelhouse. But there, so there's that level, and then there's the next level up that is you know, maybe they do influencer um, marketing for a living. Right. So they would, they would be looking for a little bit more than just to be put up. Right. But then there's the top level where they can go wherever they want anytime and they want money. They want money. For but that's fine. You know, that's fine. You know what? I'm okay with the people saying, even at the top level saying is we want money, but then you could tell them, listen, is first of all, if you have a precedent saying is we've never paid anyone before they can either take it or leave it, which is fine. And that's fine. That's their right. decision. The second thing is, at the end of the day, you have to say is, well, you know, I, we've, we've learned, in, at least in Israel, we're very, we, we've learned to be a little bit more um, upfront. And we say is, well, you know, we went through your, your social feed. We've seen your content. Can you tell us some track, you know, can you tell us what the ROI is? And I, I'm asking this as a person who works in the field. I'm not asking it like someone who's yep. just like some, you know, some guy who has no idea what they're talking about. And I says, I've seen your content. Right. I've seen the posts. I've seen what you do. And I'm, I'm not trying to ch challenge you as a person and what, what you do, do great work. But, you know, what was, what was the, the output? You know, is it a reach? Is it um, engagement? Is it, you know, sales? And when you have those kind of questions, and yes, it puts them a little bit out of place because they're not comfortable with those questions, but because they've never gotten that question from yep. someone who works in the field. But at the same time, you know, I think it's fair. I think it's okay to say, you know, maybe that's my version of challenging the industry is saying is, it's okay to say is make them feel a little uncomfortable. Say, could you tell me what, uh, how do you know, how do the other companies work with you? How do they, you know, they just bring you and fly you around and do whatever, or they do actually check what you're saying, what you're doing. Um, that's my, my, my piece of it. But I also ask, I've also understood that there's a difference between, and this is something that to the not to the person within this industry, they do understand it, but they don't always understand it from the outside is the difference between like an influencer and a blogger, right? I know the difference, you know, the difference, but a lot of people don't. Um, what would you think about that? You know, in terms of influencers versus bloggers, or let's call it content producers that are not, um, you know, maybe you can explain the difference. If I, I'll see. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would, to me, the, the difference is um, I think, I think influencers are more of what we've seen over the last couple of years. Um, like the, the, how we think of it now with influencer marketing has, has been more defined over the last couple of years as um, they, they don't have, a blog presence or right. a, a digital presence other than their Instagram account. Um, or, so, or, so, right, or so some social, social platform. Per some se. social, but, right. but to be honest, I mean, really it's, it's been, 
it's been Instagram that's Instagram driven all this. And, right Instagram and maybe Twitter maybe Twitter but we'll say yeah okay. Twitter I mean they, they all have a place believe me I, yeah it's right Snapchat, it's one it's one right it's Snapchat one social platform too. right one social yeah. platform whatever it is right. but but they're yeah they're doing social and their reaches on social and it's not they don't have, or YouTube we can't leave YouTube out of right. it either um so they have this this reach on one of those channels or, or multiple of those channels um and that's that's where their influence comes from and maybe as a result of of having that channel um that that platform it's resulted in more of a a digital web presence but it didn't start that way whereas with right. the bloggers that was the say the, the 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 new millennium version of what we have now right um that was that was what influencers were before the rise of social where people had blogs they had web traffic um, they were driving because of the content the, that they were writing on their blogs and they were, they were driving organic content. So they were getting paid by advertisers to advertise on their sites. Right. Um, and, and blog, I mean, it was, it was basically the same thing. It was just a more of a, like a, a marketing copy form rather than maybe as visual even. Right. I think the only thing I, I, I always say that when I explain the difference, I say is when, when you have a, a content, you know, someone who's creating, let's call it bloggers for its lack of a better yeah. distinction. When you have a blogger, someone who writes content, he could take or she could take that content they wrote five years ago. And now because of trends or because of changes in the platforms or whatever it is, they can re, you know, repurpose or, you know, add or, you know, change or sure. modify that, that content and then reshare yeah. it. I have content that people have shared about, you know, experiences that they were, when they came to visit the city or other con experiences for other clients that I've worked with five, six years later, and they're still sharing that content. They, you know, someone who's, I, I guess, I just don't find True. that people who are like, you know, it's called social influencers, meaning on social platforms, they're not doing that as much. They're not really sharing that saying is, oh, wow, you know, five years ago, I was here, except for in the travel industry, they do it a little bit. But even so, like they don't do it as much as when someone is like, oh, you know, updates to Snapchat. So let's write, a, you know, let's rehash the article that we wrote who knows how many years ago about Snapchat and all of a sudden it's, it's back into the thing. Like the content sharing version of it, they're using social bloggers, use social much more of a, and much more of a um, distribution and, distribution, they, and they, yeah. they use it much more and they, and they, and, they're, and it's fine. They, and they kind of, and they feel comfortable sharing their content more often than just, you know, once write up a, write up a visual art, you know, write up a vid, make a video, make a post on Instagram, whatever it is. So, when, when you have those difference between influencers and bloggers, all of a sudden, I, I, to me, I personally like the bloggers more uh, because of the fact that they are sharing their content. They're much more long form and they have much more space to write about, you know, whatever it is in different angles of their different pieces of you know, experiences that they've had. But also because the, the, the sharing potential and the, long the shelf life of it is much longer. Yeah. And it's also it's with the with the um, it, it's the audiences, too. Because right. I think the, the influencers now that are more the Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube people, um, you know, they, they do – look, YouTube videos, everyone's, everyone's all about sort of snackable and short-form content. But the, YouTube, the YouTubers that are big are not doing sh true short-form. They're not doing right. minute or two-minute long videos. They're, they're doing like – someone like Casey Neistat does like a seven, eight, ten-minute long video. Right. Um, Shane Dawson. Yeah. That guy's doing an hour-long show now on YouTube right. and that's t tens of millions of views. Um, right. the make, the makeup people, they're not doing super short, but it's because of the, what the content is. It's this how to, or right. just, just this, this really valuable content to their audience that they'll watch it. So, right. so the, the blogging thing 
is was the genesis for sure for what we have now and has evolved into what we have now. I think you made you made some great points, and especially something like Instagram. Um, they're really just the social media posts are just mini blogs. That's all right. that, with a with a photo or video. Right. Absolutely. And so we have, we've kind of covered a lot of topics about like, you know, influencer marketing. We covered about the idea of what the issue is and maybe as professionals, we have to kind of make sure that we're highlighting the strong value of influencer markers in marketing in, in the right way. Now, there's not just, Oh, you know, Mordecai, let me add one more thing. Let me add yeah, one more go thing. Go, so no, go ahead, go ahead. You can, that's great. Um, because, because the, we, we t- and I meant to, I meant to say this before too. I think a change, maybe not this year, but something has to change within the next couple of years between what's happening with influencer marketing, especially at the top, top levels um, and, and regulation. Oh um, yeah, that's a big one. It's, it's coming. It's already, it's already started to happen, but it was more because it, something had to happen. So right. where we talked about hashtag, hashtag, right. Facebook has the tool and shape that when you're paid, you can tie it in with the brand. If you're right. mentioning brands, Facebook prompts you to do it. Um, so there's, it's, and Instagram has it now too. So it's becoming a little bit more, more out there, more obvious to the, the average user, the influencer is working, getting paid, but it's still not as obvious as it arguably should be. Right. So, I think I think that's coming. I there was a huge article. I believe it was on Vox um, this past this week. Article. Okay, um, it was about big pharma influencers, and they're using like mommy bloggers, mommy influencers um, to talk about health and wellness, and and some of them are like burying the the, the ad hashtag in all the other hashtags. Ah, uh, there we um, go. <laughs> something like that, right? So so there's there's got to be more more regulation around how this all works because when it's radio when it's tv when it's newspaper it's it's obvious when something is is an ad right so we have this one gigantic medium that's bigger than all of them that something is not always obvious when it when it's an ad and that just right now it's 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 been allowed to fly just i think because there's so much money being made all around (laughs) that i think the government is trying not to tamp that down they, they don't want the money to stop being made by all these companies they want to continue the, the free enterprise uh if you will but but something's got to happen along those lines i think down the road i th- i happen to agree i think it's it's important for people to be able to be very clear about that and that for us as a, a as a profession that's something that we should be focusing on is like you know that transparency saying is it's okay to say that you got paid by whatever company to do what you're doing no one's people would prefer that you say that we got paid for it. And yes, it's, it'll be a little bit, people will be a little uncomfortable at first to say that, Oh man, he's getting paid or she's getting paid or whatever, but that's better than saying you're not getting paid. Then you're trying to bury it. Remember those are the olden days of content marketing where people were just right. like, you know, getting those fake people to you know leave fake reviews. It's the same. It, it's the same thing. I mean, you're doing the same thing by not saying we're being paid or we're, you know, it's, it, there's no difference in what we're saying if we don't, if we're not being open about it. And if we're trying to push transparency and trying to you know, push value-added content, if you're not saying that we're being paid by it or we're, you know, we were sponsored by or whatever you want to call it, if you're not being open about it, then what, what have you really done? You're, we're just basically creating, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Right. Um, so I, I usually ask this one question at the end because, I, you know, first of all, I, like I said, really thank you for being open on a Sunday. 
Um, so that's awesome. And I really appreciate being able to connect. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, for, you know, on a Sunday and also it's great to talk to you in person and not just on chat, you know, whatever, uh, which is fun, but great. Lovely. <laughs> lovely speaking to you on per, on per, uh, in real life, uh, or at least somewhat real life. Um, so what is like the, what are the things that you're looking forward to in the next couple of uh, months? You know, what is, what is Vince, Vincent or, or like looking for in the next couple of months uh, besides enjoying the snowy slash hot weather of Phoenix? Um, what, what is he doing? What is, where, where is he going? <laughs> um, well, I, like I said earlier, I, I'm pretty involved and, and, uh, an evangelist for the, the startup community here in, in uh -huh. the Valley. Isn't there someone, and, there was someone uh, else, there was someone yeah. else that's online, like a big woman, uh, big, uh, person. She's also, I think she works in like the dentist community or something like that. What's her name? Here in Phoenix? Yeah. Oh, what's her name? There's someone, I think she used to work for a dentist company or dentistry or some sort of something like that. Oh man. I oh, saw it. is it Caitlin? Yeah. Yeah. Caitlin, Caitlin, Caitlin. Caitlin, Caitlin Waters. So she, yeah, she and I are pretty good friends. Um, she's on, she's on the social media club. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, I, I remember there were two people from social media from Phoenix and I was just like, can't remember. Yeah. 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 yeah okay, cool. Caitlin Waters. She, um, so she also runs uh director of this thing called house of genius. Mm -hmm, that's it. Phoenix. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, she, that, so that's a volunteer thing too. She does still, she still runs social and marketing for, um, Rhesus, Rhesus Dental, right, that's which is it. a, yeah, she's, she's there. She's been there for a few years. Um, I, I think she actually may have just gotten a promotion too. Um, she does a great job there. They, they have multiple locations here in the, in the Western side of the country. Um, okay. but they, they're a really great company too, actually. Um, uh, my, my 18 year old's braces, she had them done there. So, um, <laughs> so she got, she, she, she was successful. <laughs> Her marketing was yeah, Caitlin's big. Caitlin's big with, with the startup community too. It's it's uh we the community here is is a hashtag for it. it's called YesPHX, and if you look at YesPHX on on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, um, me and Caitlin actually manage the the majority of the social media for those for the community, um with those channels. So if you look at any of the social media channels for YesPHX, it's probably either me or Caitlin that are awesome. that are running. And, and, the, and the startup community there is there a big startup community? I mean, here in Israel, it's huge. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, big. we actually it's funny because we have we have a tie a tie several ties with um with Israel with uh some folks that are here. Um there's a there's a gentleman here his name is Lieb uh Bilal. Okay. Um and a friend of mine Raz Yalov. Sure, and Raz I've heard I've heard of Raz. Yeah, Raz Raz has been here for a while. He's very big into podcasting. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, yeah, podcast of app for for yep, time. Yep. Yep. Um, but there's yeah there, there's a very very uh big startup community here that um where what happens is we typically get we're, we've been on the rise for a few years here in phoenix in the valley um uh, we we typically find ourselves on like these lists that will come out as right. the hot new tech cities right um so we've had some people move here over, over the years we have some pretty big companies here um that that have headquarters um there's a company called insight that that started here several decades ago and is probably like one of the biggest GoDaddy, of course is mm -hmm. um headquartered here started here um uh we we're big with the automated vehicles industry right now cool. um yeah the, there's a there's the main uh nikolai uh -huh. which is a big automated trucking company that's actually in april they're having a huge event to showcase what's what's going to be happening soon they got several I think a hundred million in funding last year. Wow. Um, 
there's yeah automated industry uh we so i have uh you know uber and waymo right of course they have right. their their ai vehicles waymo we see my five-year-old calls them robot cars because <laughs> um, they're in our neighborhood we, we live right. right near chandler arizona and and then being down down in the mill ave uh tempe our asu area there's there's all kinds of the the automated vehicles and asu is big into automated automated um vehicles as well so it's that's a huge thing happening here right now um it, it's it's on the startup side in general um it's it's popping right now it's there's a lot of companies that are that are starting up so ne next week not this coming week but next week is phoenix startup week oh cool uh, it's, it's the fifth year there's multiple startup weeks throughout the country throughout the year ours ours here here was one of the first um that started five years ago uh this you know well it was five years ago and and it was uh tech stars was a big part of it chase chase bank mm -hmm. was a big sponsor i don't think they're sponsoring it anymore for us um but that's okay we still have a week long of, of content and sessions and speakers so i'll, I'll be doing that um a couple days here and there and then i hope you'll be talking about influencer marketing uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not speaking this year i i, I kind of bowed out i, I oh. didn't i didn't apply to speak because i it's just it's a lot of work yeah that i didn't have the time for to put in as much as i would want to go go all in on that um, so I, I didn't submit for that, but I, I'm planning on, we have a podcast, um, me and my buddy, Adam, we have a podcast called more than hashtags. Mm -hmm. It's all about social media. And then we do have a podcast for yes, PHX as well that we started mm -hmm. at last year's startup, startup week. So we're going to get some content during the week while I'm there for the podcast from some of the people, um, that are, that are around. So we'll That's try awesome. to do that. And then, yeah. And then in June, the only other really big thing for me is in June, like I mentioned, social media day on June 30th, it's a Sunday this year. So it'll be a little bit different and yeah, um, yeah I'll definitely keep you informed on what we're doing. Sure. If I can help out in any way, let me know. I'm a big fan of social media day. We used to do, we did one, one time in Jerusalem. We did one year, I think we did one year. We did a, we did like an event, uh, but uh, I'll be happy to, if I can yeah. you know, jump in or whatever it is, be happy to. It's awesome for me it's an advantage uh because i have the uh it's later yeah. on for my day so i could be happy to put participate or whatever it is uh is there anything else you got you're doing like by yourself besides like startups or social media day anything fun you're doing personal um yeah it's it's we we find stuff to do every weekend with with the fam awesome um <clears throat> but aside, aside from that yeah it's just it's just trying to trying to keep everything moving um I, i'm not <laughs> I'm not out there trying to like push my, my brand per se. Right. Um, trying to make money from monetizing all this. I do have, so, so I do have one thing that's coming up. Uh, there's not a, a set timetable, but I started teasing it. It's called, uh, if you go to socialmediadesktop.com and I'm, I'm going to start doing some sort of a show there that it should, it's, it's along these, it, it'll have to do with influencer marketing and social media and, um, it'll be a little bit interesting. It's, it's very tied into kind of what we're talking about here today. Awesome. So that's uh, something to be, uh, so social media desktop desk com. That's cool. That's yeah. Cool. Just social media desktop.com right now. It's a great. Mysterious. That's I can't believe, I can't believe that, uh, that domain was available. <laughs> right. I know. I know. I, I'll say this. It's if you, anyone that's a fan of the ringer.com, uh -huh. um, if you follow Jason Concepcion on there, he does a, a video every Friday called NBA desktop or NBA desktop. Yeah. And uh, it's inspired by that. Okay, cool. That's cool. Awesome. So 
Vincent, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. And I really think that uh, there's a lot to learn about influencer marketing. And I've spoken about this many times with different people, different guests on the show. And every time I, we, I speak about it, there's so many different angles to take about it. And yeah. you've definitely opened up some more angles about, you know, especially people who work within the industry like you and I do and, and understanding what it means to have influence, to be influential in terms of both the brand side and also to be ter in terms of the person who's, who's the influencer itself and also who the audience is and how to make sure that we're all parties are being, you know, uh, satisfied in, in the right way and making sure that we're all clear with what we're doing. So I really appreciate that. It's really um, interesting to hear and also interesting to, um, to get your insights. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I mean, this, this was fun and, and yeah, man, I always enjoy our conversations anyway and, and this allowing, uh, having the chance to go, dive dive deeper in um that's it's always it's always fun and and i you actually what's what's always fun too is is when you ask these questions like it it, get, it makes me think about it more as well so i now you gave me some things to think about <laughs> well i hope that i hope you know this, it's giving me some thought food so i always have these questions in my head and maybe I, it's just me challenging myself or it's me that you know questions come to me because they're i'm the person who I get these questions all the time in my field of work because of who I'm working with, who are not necessarily, right. people who are not necessarily knowledgeable about it. So I get these questions and I'm like, hmm, that's a good question. And then I start asking people about it. And I'm like, do I ask this because do I make myself sound silly because of it? Or is this something that people are really talking about? So I always ask those questions and then it's uh, you know, it's a good question. It's a good debate. Uh, so I really appreciate it. And if there's anything else that I can do or we can do, you know, whatever I can do, I would love to, to love to um, you know help out if any way possible, and I I just want to say thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Hold that one Be sure to sign up for the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and remember the next time you're doing business in the digital economy, make sure to empathize it. <laughs>